U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has confirmed that he will indeed sit with President Tsai Ing-wen during a layover in the U.S. in early April. He also rejected reports that the location of the meeting in California was to avoid a confrontation with China if he were to visit Taiwan. He further clarified that China would not tell him where he can or cannot go. Let's hear from him. I saw a report where um, it uh, said I would meet with the president of Taiwan, I will, which is in America. But that has nothing to do with um, my travel, if I would go to Taiwan or not. China can't tell me where or when to go, and none of that discussion ever happened. The president happens to be. The presidential office says officials are communicating with their counterparts in the U.S. to arrange the meeting. Details will be announced after a final plan has been drawn. Lawmakers on Wednesday held a heated debate over the merits and demerits of duck eggs and chicken eggs. A DPP lawmaker has suggested that people could switch to duck eggs amid the current shortage. But the KMT decried the suggestion, saying that the flavor of the two kinds of eggs is not the same. The Council of Agriculture says that it will work to restore a stable chicken egg supply. Debate keeps raging on how to tackle Taiwan's egg shortage. DPP lawmakers on Tuesday suggested switching to duck eggs. Actually, many people already ate duck eggs, but they used to be more expensive. Couldn't we put some duck eggs on the market as a substitute? Purses duck eggs and purses chicken eggs are used for different things. So for industrial uses, we can't swap one for the other. But in retail, we welcome consumers to buy more duck eggs. The KMT protested that the two kinds of eggs were fundamentally different. They're different. The flavor is different too, so you can't swap them out. Moreover, would that result in a duck egg shortage? Perhaps we'd go from a chicken egg shortage to a duck egg shortage. Don't make it as if everyone were going to rush to buy duck eggs to make up for the chicken egg shortage. All this talk about farming facilities, subsidies for imports, and assistance to chicken farmers are middle to long-term plans. We would still do everything in our power to meet demand for chicken eggs in Taiwan. It's just that we'd also be willing to promote duck egg production. You can eat chicken eggs, duck eggs, and bean-based products for protein. The Council of Agriculture ministers said that with temperatures bouncing back and avian flu receding, Taiwan's egg supply should gradually stabilize. Meanwhile, Premier Chen Jianren has called on the general public to diversify their protein intake and not to hoard eggs. The Council of Agriculture will continue with the relevant measures so that everyone can have a good and balanced access to egg supplies while protecting the rights of both farmers and consumers. The government has launched several measures to address the shortage, calling on opposition party members to help out and solve the problem together. The shortage of eggs has led to egg hoarding by some members of the public. When people find eggs on sale, they may buy weeks' worth at a time. But how long do eggs last before going bad? We spoke to nutritionist Chen Yujun to, to, um, from the Taiwan Adventist Hospital. She says that if an egg is at room temperature, a week is the max. She gave tips on perfect egg storage as well as lowdown on why a bad egg will float in water. At last, there's eggs for sale. When you see eggs in a store, you might want to buy a big lot and hoard them in a cupboard. 
We asked some shoppers on the street how many eggs they usually keep at home. But fresh eggs don't keep for long. They lose their nutritional value over time and eventually go bad. Do you know how to tell when an egg has gone off? A bad egg starts to smell. It's a very strong smell, actually. A good egg yolk will glisten in orange. The white will have a bit of elasticity to it. A bad egg yolk will look like it's about to break. If it's being exposed to air for a long time, the eggshell will get thinner and thinner. A fresh eggshell is actually quite thick and tough. Another trick is to place your questionable egg in a solution of water with 5 to 6 percent salt. A bad egg will float to the top, but a good egg will sink. The longer the air is refrigerated, the larger the air pocket inside the shell grows. The air in the fridge and the microbes will get inside the egg. That can make it go bad, which makes it lose density. So when you put the egg in water, the bad egg will float more easily to the top. To keep your eggs fresh, try not to keep them longer than one week at room temperature and store them with care. If you've opened the box and the eggs have all been exposed to the outside air, then I recommend transferring them to a plastic box and then put that into the fridge for storage. To protect their freshness, I recommend keeping them for three or four days. Tang Yujun suggests steering clear of the egg box in the fridge door. As the fridge door opens and closes, the temperature goes up and down wildly for food in the door, which can shorten its lifespan. Kaohsiung has issued a yellow water alert for water shortages as the dry spell continues in southern Taiwan. Starting Wednesday, the city will ration water by lowering the pressure of the water supply between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Additional service stations have been set up to meet the needs of residents in high-altitude areas and industrial users. Wastewater is being pumped through the pipelines for reclamation at Fengshan Water Resources Center in Kaohsiung. With the lowest rainfall in 30 years, the city is recycling every last drop of water. Meanwhile, the Kaohsiung Water Resources Bureau has released a video asking the public to conserve water, suggesting using wastewater to water plants. The city has issued a yellow water alert, and starting March 8, the pressure of the water supply will be lowered between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. The Kaohsiung Water Resources Bureau says rationing water on off-peak hours have little impact on households and industries. The effect of water rationing can be observed looking at the color of the water alert. If it goes from yellow to orange, then we can reflect on our experience mitigating the drought last year. We expect that the rationing will allow us to conserve approximately 100,000 tons of water daily, which is the amount that would trigger an orange alert. The water company has set up service stations in five locations, including Fengshan, and made arrangements for 242 locations along the pipelines to serve higher altitude regions. Meanwhile, industrial users can collect water at three pickup locations, including the Linghai Industrial Park. Under a drought-fighting plan, we'll move 136,000 tons of water to southern Taiwan every day until the end of April. Before then, we'd like to ask everyone to conserve water. As the dry spell continues in the south, central and local governments are working to conserve enough water to last until the plum rain season in May, which is the earliest the drought can be expected to end. Until then, conserving water is the only way to go. 
A new brain training system has landed at a community care center in Taipei. The system uses AI to help older adults train their memory, concentration, and responsiveness with constantly changing games. As Taiwan heads toward the status of super-age society, Taipei Medical University Hospital hopes the system can reverse the impact of mild dementia. Currently, about one in 13 people over the age of 65 are believed to have dementia. A community member tries out a game on a tablet with a sensor on her head to measure brain activity. Here at the community care center, the Stone Soup Project has a new brain training system to help older people retain their mental faculties. It's a novelty because I often play arrow shooting games on my tablet, but it's not quite the same as that. It's sharpening your brain power, I suppose. The device trains the user's mental capacities at the exact right level for them personally, using simple equations and image recognition tasks. The center is recruiting 15 to 20 students whose data will be used to help improve the system for clinical monitoring and evaluation purposes. We've brought it into Taiwan from Japan to do some clinical trials, including some trials in the community. In the end, we want to use the system to provide care for older adults with mild dementia. There are three things for training with the frontal lobe, memory, concentration and responsiveness. We've designed many different games for those. The game you play each day will be slightly different, so you don't get too familiar with it. But in the background, there's an enormous amount of data that's being computed. We can tell you where you are in comparison to other people of your age, ahead or behind. With Taiwan set to become a super-age society by 2025, more than 20% of the country's older adults will be living in Taipei. For community centers like this, providing home demonstrations is getting more and more important. Walking frames like this are the most common ones, but people often buy the wrong one. If you're supporting yourself with your hand strength over the long term and you have to lift your hands up high to walk, then actually it causes hand pain. So we can recommend a walking frame with wheels and they can try it out right there. Choosing the right mobility tool for you is not necessarily an easy task. Community centers like this bring together lots of services for older adults, helping everyone to move with the times and stay active and vital. Tech giant Google has announced its biggest layoff in 25 years, with 6% of its employees around the world set to get fired. The move follows a slowdown in the semiconductor sector, which has also prompted other tech firms such as Amazon, Microsoft and Micron Technology to cut their workforces. Google is set to fire 12,000 people around the world. In Taiwan, 180 of its 3,000 employees are set to get laid off. Severance pays start from four months of salary. Employees who have been with the company for at least one year will get an additional two weeks of pay. March 8th is International Women's Day, a call to action for accelerating women's equality. According to a recent survey by a job bank, about 70% of women are financially independent, but about 30% of them feel they have an impact in the workplace. About 60% say that workplace discrimination is a serious matter.
28-year-old Xiong Zixuan is a manager at a cross-border e-commerce platform specializing in Japanese products. She got to her position after much hard work, achieving the goal she set for herself after graduating from university. I was very lucky to receive the opportunity to accept the challenge of being a manager after just two years working here. It's a bit different from what I had imagined when I first started working. After becoming a manager, I realized there were many things to master regarding management and leadership. Xiong is just one of many women with heavy responsibilities in the workplace. According to a recent job bank survey, about 70% of women say they are financially independent, but just 30% say they have influence in the workplace, a figure that has grown up from last year. Though awareness about gender equality is slowly improving, 59% of women reported that workplace discrimination was a serious matter. In addition, about 58% of working women said they had taken menstrual leave at work. Of them, 53% reported their companies had deliberately made things difficult for them. I used to wonder whether people would see me as too young and question whether I could be a leader, but now I pay no mind to what people think and just get on with doing my job well. This is Jessica. She's been working in marketing and public relations for more than a decade. As a working mother, she says that sometimes she has had to bring her child to the office in emergencies. These three years of COVID, my child has been through all sorts of things. The school called off classes quite frequently. I'm a working mother, so for me, having a little flexibility at work is very important. After an exhausting day of work in the office, the hard work continues at home. According to the survey, many women say that stress from balancing work and family is significant, and many worry that having a baby would ruin their career. I think there was a change after I had my child. I think my sense of responsibility grew stronger. I feel like I've grown more. Workplace inequalities remain in spite of the efforts of many working women. Piling on matters like the gender pay gap, it seems that the road to workplace equality is a long one. The one-year mandatory conscription will come into effect beginning 2024. Considering the impact that may have on the careers of Taiwanese men, the Ministry of Education is mulling a plan that will allow university students to complete their undergraduate coursework in three years, freeing up one year for military service. An alternative is to allow male students an additional year for leave of absence, so their duration of stay is effectively equal to their peers. Speaking of the plan's feasibility, the Association of Private Universities and Colleges say as long as students are willing to put in the effort, it is possible to graduate in three years, as opposed to the standard four. The Education Ministry says on top of the higher level of diligence required by students, differences among disciplines must also be taken into account. The ministry will gather the opinions of university and university associations before announcing a plan in June. Coffee with milk may be healthier than black coffee. That's according to a new study from Copenhagen University. Researchers say that the chemicals in coffee and milk combine to produce a powerful anti-inflammatory response. You get the same effect from black coffee, but not as much. We spoke to Dr. Lin Wei-Wen from Tai'an Hospital to learn more. An espresso topped up with steamed milk. Many office workers take a pick-me-up latte in the morning, every morning. 
Now, a new study from the Food Science Department at the University of Copenhagen has found that the anti-inflammatory properties of coffee are greatly increased when it's drunk together with milk. Natural polyphenols can reduce the oxidation pressures caused after inflammatory reactions. Many things contain polyphenols, such as plants and vegetables, and coffee beans contain a lot of polyphenols. Polyphenols can reduce the negative impact of inflammation on the body. Amino acids can increase the effectiveness of polyphenols. Researchers found that combining the polyphenol-rich coffee and the amino acids in milk makes for double the anti-inflammatory effect. The study was published in the U.S. Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, and the team planned to continue their research with animal testing. Apart from how the polyphenols in coffee have an anti-inflammatory effect, coffee also contains caffeine, which not everyone is able to tolerate. Some people can be susceptible to heart palpitations even after a tiny dose of caffeine. Some cardiac patients may develop arrhythmia. In the European Union, they say don't exceed 400 milligrams of coffee a day. For Taiwanese people, 200 to 300 milligrams is probably the limit. But as this doctor explains, more coffee is not necessarily better. The EU maximum of 400 milligrams is the equivalent of about four espressos. People who drink more than that in one day are liable to feel trembly or experience heart palpitations. Not recommended. Today we'll meet Anthony Berry, a New Zealander who has opened up a burger restaurant in Taipei with a twist. While Berry's burgers do feature New Zealand's usual high-quality lamb, beef and chicken, they also reflect a broad array of influences from other cultures, ranging from Greece to Mexico and Japan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang gives us a glimpse of this unique fusion cuisine. If you're looking for an interesting twist to a classic burger, this restaurant offers a lamb feta burger. It is composed of a minted New Zealand grass-fed lamb patty that's topped with honey lemon feta cheese, tzatziki, cucumber, lettuce, and onion rings. And there's a side dish of chili fries. If you're vegetarian, maybe you'll appreciate this mango jalapeno burger. Filled with mildly spicy mango jalapeno sauce and pico de gallo, a salsa used in Mexico. It also has cucumber and jalapenos on the side. Another favorite is this umami burger. It's composed of New Zealand beef, sautéed mushrooms, grilled onions, sun-dried tomatoes, and Parmesan chips. Here at this eatery, you can select your side dish and pick either a vegetarian, beef, or chicken patty. For dessert, milkshakes in a variety of flavors. Probably three-quarters of our menu you can't get anywhere else. Like our milkshakes, you know, we do pretty awesome milkshakes because I come from New Zealand and we, ice cream and milk is part of our culture. Um, but a lot of the ideas we do, I just don't see them in other restaurants. Um, a lot of our burgers, like one of our burgers has got mango jalapeno, no one else does those. We've got two lamb burgers, there's not, I don't know anyone else who does lamb burgers in Taipei. Originally from Gisborne, New Zealand, Barry moved to Taiwan in 1995. At first, he only planned to be here for three months. But he quickly fell in love with Taiwan and decided to stay. In 2008, he opened up an eatery located in the alley of Taipei Shida Night Market that serves up burgers using high-quality lamb, beef and chicken from New Zealand. 
He says his New Zealand burgers are a fusion of different countries, cuisines, and were accomplished through lots of experimentation. New Zealand culture is about we all travel. Um, probably half of New Zealanders out of the country at any one time living in other countries, so we're always just seeing what we like. The years, the restaurant has attracted many old and new patrons worldwide who love their burgers and sauces. Well, that lentil uh, burger, which I think is really good, and the other one is the cashew. I think I had that last time. Uh, I do enjoy meat, but I respect a good vegetarian patty. Bacon and cheddar cheese. So it's pretty classic. I mean, I'm from Belgium, so we put mayonnaise on everything. So I was pretty happy. But success also comes with difficulties. The store is located in alley at the back end of Taipei Shida Night Market. Barry says that around 2013, a construction company pressured him and other business owners to move away from Shida. The COVID pandemic was another challenge. Barry said since 2021, he's worked 80 to 90 hour work weeks. Through all the difficulties, he never gave up and instead thought of ways to innovate and keep his restaurant running. So you've got to be asking, what are you doing and why, and what do people really want? And then you've got to answer those questions, and you've got to really think and work at it, which means you're always pushing you to be creative and think about new things to do. Um, also, I like the fact Taipei is a nice big city. Um, in an hour, you can be at the beach. In half an hour, you can be in the mountains. You can go to hot springs, and then you can come back and be in the city. Um, you know, so there's a lot of good things about Taiwan. Having run his restaurant for around 14 years now, Barry is still burning with passion. He hopes to continue to innovate and create new exotic burger combinations as well as a comfortable atmosphere in his restaurant to give his patrons a taste of New Zealand in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Guo Wenhai in Taipei.